Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode 63. I'm your host, Derek Moore. This week, we're going to talk about this whole thing about spreads widening. You've probably been watching CNBC and heard people talk about spreads are widening. The high yield spread has reached, uh, you know, a thousand basis points. And, you know, yield spreads deal with, uh, and I'll explain what they are in a second, but they inform us about what theoretically uh, various types of parts of the bond market are requiring in a return uh, versus, let's say, a U.S. Treasury. And so a lot of times when you see markets sell off, uncertainty come in, uh, you've got uh, these spreads that widen. And actually, sometimes spreads widening can be an early indication of, let's say, some trouble in the equity market or vice versa. Sometimes you see spreads firming up, meaning coming back down. And that could be a good indication that, uh, you know, sometimes the bond market actually recovers prior to it. And then finally, we'll, we'll sort of look at the different ratings, what they mean, what we say, you know, the junk spread, the triple C spread, all those types of things. And we'll also kind of take a look um, just in general, um, while we want to keep it a little more high level, this idea of one of the things that you see in when markets sort of dislocate a little bit is some of the pricing on bonds uh, gets a little bit out of whack. And one of the reason is, you know, unlike a, a stock or an ETF that has a bid and an ask and it always trading and price discovery is normally there, although equities get a little, dis, you know, uh, out of whack when, uh, as far as, you know, price discovery, when you have really big sell-offs or things like that. But the bond market works a little differently. And so we'll get into some of those aspects. So first of all, what exactly is the spread widening? What, what does high yield spread mean? Um, what, what does that actually talk about? So think about it this way. When you're looking at the spread, you're looking at the difference between one thing and another thing. And so, and I'll link to all these. You can actually get the spreads uh, within the, the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, otherwise known as FRED. And in fact, if you Google F-R-E-D and do high yield spread, you can pretty much find it. But I'll, I'll give you an example. Let's say that a basket of uh, high yield bonds you know, they were, let's say, uh, their yield. Actually, let me go back. So right around mid-February, the high yield spread, and this is the option-adjusted high yield spread, and I'll explain what that means in a second. But back on Tuesday, November, or November, February 8th, feels like uh, November 8th, or feels like a long, lot more longer ago, it was 3.61. So what does that mean? It means, theoretically, the bonds would have, uh, you know, a yield to maturity of around 3.61, or we'll just say yield for now, keep it simple, um, above what treasuries are paying. So let's say treasuries were paying 1% annually, and your basket of these high yield bonds were paying 4.61%. Okay, you can see the difference there. It's the spread between the yield on high yield and the yield on treasuries. And, you know, I don't want to get too granular on this, but you, you can sort of see that, you know, basically that's what currently uh, the yield theoretically that investors are requiring to hold high yield. And one of the things that's notable, uh, while it has, you know, was lower, let's say, I don't know, early in the year, um, 3.38, I kind of look at a, a max view, you know, back in. May of 07, it was 
And, you know, in, in November of 08, it reached a high of 19.88. So recently that actually hit a high of, oh, I don't know, about 10.55% before coming back down. And and I think just on Wednesday the 1st, these don't update real time, it was about 9.11. And so the first thing is when you see yields widen, it means that uh, investors uh, theoretically are requiring a higher yield for holding those bonds versus treasuries. And so think about it this way. Again, it's it's the difference between the yield on high yield and the yield on U.S. treasuries, which of course are you know considered risk-free, especially on the short end of the curve. Longer end has interest rate risk, but that's sort of the difference. And when you see markets that uh, have some sort of an event like we just had, you would expect yields to widen. Uh, you would expect yields to widen, obviously, over treasuries. And when yields get higher, remember, uh, bonds and interest rates have sort of this inverse relationship. So when interest rates go down, bond prices go up. It's the inverse. When yields go up, bond prices go down. And part of what makes the yield uh, higher is that, you know, all else equal, if you had, let's say, a, a bond that paid 5% annually and it's trading at par, if we just think about one, one bond now, and all of a sudden that bond goes down to, you know, 70 uh, or $700. Well, I said the original one was 1000 and it paid 5%. That's 50 bucks. Well, now when the bond goes down in price, uh, let's say, what did I say it went down? I said 50 divided by, well, 80, right? Or 80, yeah, let's do 800. So that yield is something like 6.25%. Now, this is a real back of the napkin thing. You know, bonds are you have yield to maturities and the price and everything else uh, gets involved there. But as bonds went down in price, you sort of see uh, um, the difference. And really, when we think about bonds, we're thinking about um, not only the bond's price, but the coupon it pays. And so the way to think about this is when risk off markets, when you see spreads widen, you're actually going to see yields widen. And that's what we saw this time. We saw with high yield spreads started to widen. Now, when you think about, um, and this is a, an, another important thing, I like to use the what's called the option adjusted spread or the OAS spread. And all that means is, let's say you have a group of bonds or a collection of bonds and sort of duration matters, meaning the, the amount of time to maturity. But bonds have something called a, a call provision sometimes. And corporate bonds. So let's say it's a 10-year bond, but they could call the bond away at a certain price next year. Well, typically what happens is uh, the pricing takes into into account that feature. And so we say the OAS or the option adjusted spread, you're really thinking about taking into account any call provisions, any special features, anything like that. Um, So I like to use those versions uh, but again, when you hear people on TV talk about, oh, look at that, yields widened, um, they're talking about the difference between theoretically what you get on, let's say, a high yield bond versus U.S. Treasuries. They also follow the, the investment grade, so the corporate IG or investment grade. Uh, they look at the spread between investment grade bonds and U.S. Treasuries as well. And same thing, you'd expect yields to widen. And typically yields widen the most for the lowest uh, rung or the lowest, the, the poorer the credit quality, 
the more they typically, you know, begin to, uh, to widen. So, um, also when they say a lot of times they quote this in basis points. So I said, you know, spreads widen to over 10%. Uh, remember 1%. If you said that in basis points, that's a hundred basis points. If it went to 1.01%, you would say it went up by a basis point, And now that's 101 basis points. So a lot of times you'll hear, Hey, spreads went over a thousand basis points or a thousand bips. What they're talking about there is they're saying that uh, spreads widened a thousand basis points. That means it's 10%, right? It's just a way of quoting it in basis points versus quoting it in, uh, you know, percentage points. So the other thing I wanted to just touch on is we talked about, you know, high yield. What does that exactly mean? Well, bonds have ratings. And of course, you probably heard uh, there's three different rating agencies, Moody's, S&P, Fitch. I'll just kind of go with S&Ps for now because uh, Moody's uses, you know, capital letters, lowercase letters, and numbers. So it's easier in the sort of the vernacular to just quote S&P. So when you think at uh, really high-grade bonds, you know, AAA-rated bonds, uh, and then you have like AA+, AA, AA-, uh, those types of things, well, you get it, right? A is uh, the highest, B is, uh, uh, and then you have Cs and, and Ds, right? So without going through all of these, generally you would, you know, investment grade uh, bonds are anything uh, triple B, um, and that includes the pluses and minuses, uh, triple B and higher, all the way to, to triple A. And the triple Bs, by the way, are the last rung on investment grade before if they were to get downgraded. So recently Ford, I think one of the agencies downgraded their uh, their bonds to junk status. And that means that uh, if they were, let's say, double B minus or Moody's, it would be B, lowercase a, lowercase a, three. <laughs> That's why I'm sticking with the S&Ps a little easier. So if triple B gets downgraded uh, and then it goes below that, that's where you get into speculative or junk status. And so bond ratings uh, are generally, you know, the rating agencies in theory, they're, they're supposed to look at the, the risk. Because when you buy a bond, you're really, that's why I say it's a credit instrument, um, because you're, you're extending credit. So if you buy, let's say, a Tesla bond or a U.S. Treasury bond or anybody's bond, you're in theory loaning them money. They have to, they've agreed to give you usually semi-annual payments over a number of times. Sometimes they have the, the ability to call that bond or call that loan in early, but basically you're extending credit. And so spreads widen at different areas on the curve differently. And so to give an example, this was from March 12th, um, and high yield in general at that point, uh, it had gone to 726 basis points, the spread. And so that would be 7.26%. Remember I said it was what, 3.58 or 3.38%. Uh, before spread started to widen with the market action uh, in late February. But to give an example, uh, from the 12th of March, broad high yield was about 726 basis points. Uh, But then if you go up to investment grade, it was only 209 basis points. So that's only 2.09%. And that's uh, above whatever the Treasury was. And so, yes, in theory, like if Treasuries came down, and everything else stayed equal, you could also see spreads widen. But typically when you see spreads blow out or, or widen, um, that's some sort of a credit event or a market event that happens. 
So, um, and then if you look, let's say at, uh, so triple B, that's the lowest rung on, on the investment grade that went to 277 basis points. Again, this is March 12th data. Uh, but just in, you know, double B 530, single B 808, uh, and those are both junk and then triple C and lower, uh, 1526. So you can see the lower the credit quality, uh, the more that those spreads widen, and that would make sense. Uh, interesting, though, and a side note, obviously, if people have been following uh, sort of the, the stuff that's been going on in oil, and, you know, obviously, as oil has gone down, a lot of people look at that as putting stress on various parts of the oil market. Uh, energy's high-yield spreads, uh, and this is a, a getting this on something that was published on State Street, uh, who makes, you know, the spiders, the uh, different ETFs. Uh, but it looks like, you know, high yield, um, even above uh, 2008 levels, went actually oh, about 18% above U.S. Treasuries. Again, that was a, as of March 12th. And so different areas of the different pockets of, let's say, high yield or investment grade uh, can also widen as well. And so the thing you should take away from this is that uh, the lower the credit quality, the more those spreads tend to widen, and then investment grade widens less. But typically, when you see some sort of a credit event or a market event, uh, you would expect to see uh, yields widen, uh, people go to treasuries. Uh, but also, remember, a bond is simply, we call it the credit market, because you're when you buy a bond, you're essentially loaning an entity, whether the U.S. government or a company, or uh, you're loaning them money, and their ability to pay that back over time informs as to the value of the bond, the rating of the bond, and then how much extra interest, let's say, above something like a U.S. Treasury investors would demand. Um, and so those those are really, you know, and I'll put links to all these. Nice thing about the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis uh, or FRED uh, is they, they have tons of of free information, you can pull these up. Um, you also can, uh, uh, you know, they don't print intraday, but normally the next business day, you can kind of see what uh, what spreads did. I guess if you have a Bloomberg machine, you might be able to see it real time. Um, but the other things too that to mention just with bonds is that you know a lot of people are, are uh, probably buy bonds through exchange traded funds. And if you buy them through exchange-traded funds, obviously you've got uh, people managing the fund and they, they buy the bonds and things like that. But uh, one of the things that, that people may not realize is you know, bonds aren't necessarily uh, – they don't work like stocks when you think about trading. In other words, you've got uh, uh, different trading desks. It's not necessarily – I'm trying to explain this in, in the easiest way possible, but um, it's not like you have a bid-ask. And there's market makers. They work a little bit differently. And bonds don't trade all the time. So you might have a company's bonds that you know traded a week ago and they trade again today. And maybe the market today is a lot different. And so it's just something to keep in mind um, you know, with regards to how bonds work. The other thing I, th I think it's worth bringing up is uh, generally when people look at bonds, they think about what are the main types of risk? So a lot of times we think about interest rate risk because if you hold bonds, let's say you hold U.S. Treasuries and they're yielding 1% in 30 years, 
and interest rates were to go up 100 basis points or one point tomorrow, and you've got almost 30 years of duration, the, the exact calculation. Duration means what's your sensitivity really to interest rates, so to speak. Uh, takes into account uh, the, the bond's price and, and the coupon percent and things like that. Um, but you would have significant interest rate risk. You know, if you, you held a 30-year treasury and 1% went to 2% tomorrow and you got basically 30 years left, uh, the market value of the portfolio might be down, you know, something like 27, 28 or, or higher. Um, but really, the other type of risk with regards to bonds is that a higher higher than normal level of defaults will happen. So remember, a credit or a bond, when you buy a bond, you're, extend, you're extending credit. And basically, you're saying, I'm going to give you this money, you're going to pay me twice annually, and at the end of the the duration or the maturity, you're going to give me my principal back. So usually bonds are issued a thousand or par value. Um, you can buy them on the open market, higher or lower than that, but then you have the coupon payments. And so typically, you know, in the high yield space or just in general, I mean, something like 3% or 3.5% is the average defaults. And so one of the things when you start to look at the price uh, or, or the probability of, of defaults, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a really complicated formula. Uh, the back of the napkin for a lot of people is they take a look at that yield spread, for example. Um, but that's not entirely true because that assumes uh, what we call the recovery rate. And let's say, you know, at normal bond, it doesn't default. You get to maturity, you get your thousand bucks back. Great. You got your interest. Fantastic, right? Depends what you bought it at, but... Um, but the recovery rate deals with if a bond does go into default, meaning they, they can't make the payments anymore, or let's say they get to the end of the term, and normally they would go to the high-yield market and they would issue a new bond and use that money to pay off the old bond. Um, but it deals with, you know, do you actually get zero cents on the dollar, or is there a recoverable amount? So, you know, this is beyond the scope, and I'll be honest, I'm not a... Uh, an expert when it comes to recovery rates and uh, and bonds uh, that actually default and what winds up happening to investors. I mean, typically bonds are higher in sort of the food chain than uh, than stockholders or equity holders uh, with regards to um, you know uh, if a bond you know anyway. So so they have uh, claims. Their claims are higher in stature, let's say, than than equity holders. Uh, but there's a difference between. If you think you're going to get, you know, forty cents on the dollar, meaning forty bucks out of, you know, or four hundred dollars out of a thousand dollar value, or if you get, you know, ten cents on the dollar, and so to give you a good example, um, if you kind of look at, uh, uh, you know, the probability of default, a lot of those things go into it, uh, but if it defaults and you wind up getting half or you wind up getting more, so. That's one of the, the main risks. Um, and when spreads go higher, typically that's the market telling you or they're implying that the probability of uh, a certain amount of those bonds goes up uh, higher as well. And so I, I think in 2008, uh, default rates and high yield were something like 10 or 12%. I'd have to go back and look at that. But um, that's that's another thing to take a look at. Now, um, to give you an example, too, uh, I pulled some data. So this is just the, uh, yeah, this is the, just the high yield in general. Um, 
as I said, most recently, it, it peaked its head above 10% or 1,000 basis points. Uh, you'd have to go back to 2008, and I've only got this data back to, I guess, late 90s. Uh, but that peaked out at about 19.88% or 1,988 basis points. And again, the spread is just the difference between what the yield is on uh, a basket of high yields or a section, a basket of a section of high yields using the option adjusted spread. So you take into account uh, bonds that have callable features or, or different options like that. Um, and so recently, we we definitely, I mean, it was interesting. You kind of went straight up, uh, went up above a thousand basis points and came back down. So what's going to happen there? You know, we don't know the future, but this is an interesting area to take a look at and to follow. And as I said, a lot of times uh, a sign that things are normalizing, uh, um, sometimes the bond market uh, sort of you see spreads narrow a bit uh, or spreads fall. Um, and that can be a good indication uh, either way. Look, we don't know what's going to happen in markets. Uh, but now you know, uh, if you watch CNBC or you heard somebody, you read a story, say, hey, spreads are widening and spreads reach this or that. Um, that's all they're talking about. It's simply the difference in yield between whatever bond group that you're looking at and U.S. Treasury. So hopefully that helps you out. I will put a lot of stuff in the links as always. And uh, again, rather than w- wasting time rating and reviewing and doing all that stuff, uh, just go ahead and pass this along to someone that you think would be interested in it and uh, keep the comments coming. Uh, go to RazorWealth.com, contact me. Uh, you can suggest new episodes. This one was actually suggested by one of the uh, listeners. So thank you. It's a good idea. All right, folks, have a good week and uh, we'll talk to you soon.